This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and thanks for joining the award-winning to Hunback podcast, proudly sponsored by Old Zoological Bar and Kingfisher in the Hole. I'm your host Nathaniel and tonight I'm joined by Joe, Tom and first time on the podcast, Paul. So good evening guys, how are all of you doing? Pretty rubbish after, well, Friday's result, but in terms of football. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Paul, are you excited to get into the first episode that you've been on? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if... You can't answer. I think he's having technical difficulties. Great start, but I'm sure you would have said <laughs> he's absolutely raring to go. Can you hear us now? Can you hear me? Yes, yeah, yes we can. Hello? Yeah, we're, we're definitely having some technical <laughs> difficulties there. I'm just going to ramble on a little bit and let him uh, get that fixed. But... Um, yeah, the episode is titled Dry January, um, not because, you know, I mean, I, I've, I've got my cider here, so it's certainly not Dry January for me. But um, Can you hear me now? Yes, yes, we can hear you. Um, but it's been a pretty tough start for the Tigers. Uh, no points all year. Um, Joe, uh, thoughts on the disappointing defeat against Norwich on Friday? Well, uh, it definitely hasn't been a dry January for me. And Nathaniel has been Nathaniel and I were discussing that before. Uh, I'm very, very tired. But the football, um, look, Nor it was a it was a it was an odd one for me because yes, you can say the referees poor to a certain extent, but ultimately you've got to firstly look at yourselves because we dominated in terms of possession large periods of the game, but Norwich had two chances took them both we had all this possession all of these crossing the box all of these shooting opportunities yes angus gunn made some good saves should he have been on the pitch debatable but then you look at 
you know, players for them like Shane Duffy, he was brilliant all game, and that kind that kind of thing. So, yeah, a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a strange one to dissect, really. Tom, would you agree with that? Because um, I think we'll, we'll just give our brief sum- summations of the game and then launch into the refereeing discussions. But uh, yeah, it was pretty disappointing, wasn't it? Yeah, I just, I, I just think sometimes we're not positive enough, like in in possession. Like we have a, a lot of the ball, but it's always in areas it's not dangerous. We're, we keep a lot of possession hour and half, and we don't necessarily press forward. And the times we're looking at most dangerous is when we actually play in that sort of aimless ball up front, you know, sort of where, let's say, Alfie Jones pings one over the top and then we're, we're winning a corner or throwing out the pitch. Other times we're just probing and waiting for the opportunity to come rather than grabbing it ourselves. And there was like a point in the second half where Jacob Greaves made a long run from his own half and won a corner. It's just stuff like that that I think Rossini has to sort of implement more into our game just so we're looking more dangerous, like, because... I don't think it was a necessarily bad performance. Like in the first half, we went great, but then the second half we picked up a bit and perhaps they deserved to get at least a point, but it wants to be. But um, yeah, it's, it was obviously a game of fine margins. Like obviously Billy Sharp had that chance, and you expect him to put that away either side of the keeper it's in, and that's usually his bread and butter, and he didn't score. And then obviously with the cha- Conley challenge in the first half, they went unpunished. You're thinking it's not going to be a day like straight away, really. And obviously that's how it turned out. And, you know, it was very frustrating there, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Well, Paul, it's the first time you've come on. Hopefully you're able to hear us now. Um, do you want to just give us your brief summary of the season so far and how that game fitted into where you think the team is? So for me personally, um, I thought it was the better team against Norwich. I thought, I thought, it, was the, I thought it was by far the better team. I, I, I didn't know how dirty they was. Uh, like uh, I think they, I think they had three or four yellow cards in the first twenty minutes, like, and one of them wasn't Shane Duffy. I couldn't believe it. Um, but no, I thought it was the better. T- we're just we're just not fast enough in the final third. Like what we'll do is we'll we'll get the ball out to Twan or to Carvalho or to whoever's playing on the wing because we don't have a natural winger at the minute for some reason, um, and. Uh, We'll go back towards Greaves and then uh, back towards Jones and back to Allsop and then we'll look for it again. And We're just not fast enough breaking teams down. If teams sit in, we, we can't do that against them. Yeah, I, what, I, what I think reason. as well is like teams have uh, started to figure out how to play against us because what we like to do is yeah. load them into the press. Um, you know, attack as press and then we sort of play out of that and then that's how you get the space through the fairs. But I think teams are realising now sort of drop off a little bit and sort of stay compact. And then we find it obviously hard to break them down. And then when they win the ball back, quick in transition, we don't necessarily have the quick players to sort of deal with that. And especially in the middle currently, like um, we don't really have that sort of player that, you know, a quick player really, like obviously Tyler Morton's brilliant and Seve next to him's good, but we, we don't have that sort of like combative presence that's going to win the ball back and, and we're easy to play for really. Like we lose, we lose the ball, like that's it. We're, we're, we're so exposed, especially in the full-back area as well. We're really weak. Um, I don't think Coyle had his best game, to be honest, against Norwich. And um, that's certainly an area that we need to address in the summer because I don't think we're going to do it in January, even though we do need... Probably right back and a left back if we're being brutally honest. Like Christie's not being good enough this season. Coyle's not, let's be honest, ain't good enough to take us forward if we're looking to finish in the playoffs or get promoted. 
And then on the obviously left hand side, it's been an issue that's plagued us all season. Greaves having to play there, Vinagra's been injured. Um, it's just been a disaster. Like in terms of the recruitment, you know, in, in the summer, like it sort of led to this now. Like, and uh, it's obviously something that needs addressing. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think before we sort of talk about what's going wrong with the club at the moment with um, six defeats in nine, um, I'm sure everyone's got opinions on the. Uh, potential red card and then in my mind what was a definite red card in Giannoulis' elbow and then I think a possible third card, a third red card which I'll get onto in a few seconds but um, we'll just go around Is that Kenny McLean, Nathaniel? No, no, I'll keep you guessing uh, for a few minutes but um, Paul the the first one You're going to ask me with a keeper, see I think that's a contest, I think it should have been a contested drop ball if you if you look at if you look at the play, Angus Gunn's got uh, only got eyes on the ball, and Connolly has only got eyes on the ball, and they've just clashed together. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, Connolly's come off the waist, got concussed. But you know, keepers are protected. You touch a goalkeeper, and it, it, it's a free kick all day long. Um, but for me, it's just a contested drop ball on the edge of the area. Um, obviously, I'm I'm a fan behind the goal. I sit in the north stand and sit on the segregation. I shouted for the I shouted for the red card, obviously, but no, it, it, for me it was a contested drop ball. Um, both uh, all all of the eyes was on the ball. No, yeah, that was it. And Connolly come off the west. It, it could have been the other way around, and it could have been Angus Gunn concussed, and it would have been why well, won't Connolly sent off? You know, it's just unfortunate. Yeah, Connolly think, was five foot. Yeah. Five foot two and got absolutely clobbered by a six foot nine goalkeeper. Yeah, because I think um, in terms of like obviously Angus Hub wins the ball first and foremost, just like the collision is just like it's the impacts that obviously people are looking at there, like how fast it collides into him, and then the facts that a free kick gets given wrongly given against us, in my opinion. Like, I don't know, Conley, uh, I don't know, they're giving a free kick against us. If like obviously Paul said it should have been a probably a drop ball. For, you know, I don't think it was the red card. I've heard some people say that the reason it I've I've not watched it back. I've not had a chance to watch the full <coughs> play back to see whether the linesman puts his flag up for offside or not. But some people have said that the linesman that Connolly was offside, and that's why he gave the free kick. But then that doesn't make any sense to me because he gave the free kick from where the collision happened. Uh, yeah, no, he, he gave it a free kick for a, a foul on the keeper, didn't he? Definitely. It, it wasn't an offside. To play devil's advocate to you and Tom, though, Paul, yes, like I see the I see your argument, but could we not look, look at it from the angle of, as Gunn jumps, he leads with his knee, knee into chest, elbow into face? Yeah, I think I think there's that argument where he's the last one as well, um, and obviously if Conley wins that challenge, it's an open goal, and and yeah, so I do agree with that side of it. I just think because he wins the ball first, it's probably not a red card. But I, I see both sides in terms of obviously goes in with his knee as well. So yes, yeah, it's, it's one that you know, yeah, I don't think it, VAR would be able to resolve either. To be honest. Like, it's crap as it is. I don't think I don't I don't think yeah. Barry I'd be able to resolve it anyways. Even yeah, if exactly. it was clear and obvious. It's the same referees who would crap every week for us. Well, for the whole league. And it'd be worse than the championship. 
championship VAR. Referees that aren't even good enough to be on the pitch in the championship doing it in the VAR room would be disgusting. I would not want that at all. Um, my opinion is that Angus Gunn has come out extremely recklessly, desperate to get the ball coming that far out of his you know penalty box. His, I mean, if it was another player, I think you what you said, goalkeepers get a lot of protection. If it was another player kneeing anyone in the chest, at the very least, it's a yellow rather than, you know, but because it's the keeper. But the thing is, if he just jumped and won the ball like a normal defender would, usually defenders don't need people in the chest at corners heading the ball away. So I thought that was a really dangerous challenge. And it was dangerous because Connolly was concussed at the end of it. I don't think the fact that he's taller makes any difference because Connolly did not lead with his, you know, he didn't have his studs up like anything. Um, so I thought that was awful. And I don't think anyone's complaining that, um, you know, whether it's a yellow card, red card, whatever. But the fact that the referee's given the foul the other way is absurd. Because, I mean, the Morton one, last week, the referee gave that. He won the ball cleanly. Winning the ball in that situation, I don't think, is part of the complexion of it. There's but, no consistency, uh, is there, like, in terms no. of the referee? And I think that's the problem across most of the divisions, like... So there's no not that consistency. I think it's it varies from referee to referee how they perceive it. It's always like how the human you know perceives it, and and that's how you get the different in difference in decisions. Really, you know. Mm-hmm. And then the Giannoulis one where he's he's standing. He's not even using his elbow to leverage a jump. He's seen where Connolly is. Uh, Coil elbowed him in the head. Linesman's right there. The referee sees it, thinks it's a foul, doesn't give a red card, even though elbow to the face on purpose is always a red that's probably the worst decision out of the two um i assume no one disagrees with that one yeah it's definitely, definitely uh, i've not seen it back but it's definitely a red card yeah i think if you leave it with your elbow it's you know you put yourself under that risk and we've been unfortunate not to you know be playing against 10 men but you know not one all night was it yeah having watched it back michael dawson made the point on sky punditry that Louis Coyle is very lucky he slips. Mm. He, loses, he loses his footing very slightly if you watch the replay. And he sort of ducks down a little bit. And then as he ducks down, that's when the elbow hits. And that's why he has the mark on his forehead and not right on his nose. Mm. We, we know what Louis has been like with broken noses. You can only break your nose once, though. Right. You know, the harm's already done in that regard. But, well, um, yeah, definite red. Mm-hmm. Now, the can anyone guess what the third red card I might be talking about might be? It's on one of our own players. Two fan diving. Yes, it's two fan dives. In the second. The, so the, yeah, the third, the second one in the penalty box. I think that's that's a yellow. But the thing is, if if the referee hadn't booked Slater for a dive allegedly outside the box. You could say, okay, well, he's only going to book a player if they dive in the box. But he booked Slater outside the box. Slater, uh, Tufan had dived before in the first half, I think. The ref doesn't give that as a foul. So Tufan, of course, you'd like to think that he wouldn't be diving in the second half if he was already on a yellow. But I think two rubbish dives from him. But then the Slater one, 
where he's booked for diving, that's ridiculous because even though it's not a foul, Slater's just trying to jump out of the way of the Norwich player who's won the ball. So how he can give that as a dive when he's just trying to protect himself is another absurd decision. But um, yeah, James is saying, never seen you so angry, Nathaniel. These refs have a lot to answer for. Um, I'm looking forward to whatever happens in the first half an hour against Sunderland on Sky when we're, you know, get an offside goal given or something. Not looking forward to that. But um, I think, uh, who who was at the match? Who, who went to the game? Oh, yeah, all, I did, yeah. I did. All of us, yeah. Who who stayed to see the Morton goal? Because I'd had enough by then. I didn't well, see it. I left it, I left it the, second, the second day, scored the second goal. Yeah. I, I mean, I just... Asted. Hmm. Yeah, because of course, if we'd got a second goal, I would have looked very stupid. But um, very just, nice goal you know, for what was bad. What was bad though? Like I literally was like praying that we weren't going to equal. Well, obviously I wanted us to, but like when I'm walking back and I'm just hearing the fans, like you know, when you just hear that roar and you're thinking, "Oh no, like are we are we on the attack? We've got to score." But yeah, we didn't end up equalising. But yeah, it's just it's more frustrating that. that we'd score when it doesn't matter. It did we had all the time oh. before. 20 minutes before it's a different game mm. I think it's a lovely goal but the Norwich defence completely stands off him I'm not sure they'd do that if it was still one goal ahead perhaps in the last in the few minutes we just totally backed off yeah. Jonathan Rowe for their first goal it's a great bit of footwork and technical play by him to you know beat a couple of beat a couple of our players and stuff like that but all the time we're just backing off and backing off and backing off until all of a sudden he's in the space to shoot and there's nothing we can do. About like 70% of the goals we've conceded in the last few games, you know, the two against Bristol, one against Sheffield Wednesday, um, the, the Jack Clark goal, that goal, we just back off them. We let them run into a goal-scoring chance and then they score. It'd be nice if they didn't score their one chance or two chances of the game, you know, like we do. We just need to, you know, someone's commented in that we need a new uh, Ian Ashby. We need someone like that in to put some tackles in because we don't really have anyone like that. Is that something we need? Yeah, I've, I said it, I've yeah. sort of banging on the door for sort of sign someone like that, just like a combative midfielder because it's all right having the technical players. But I've said like throughout the season, we are lightweight in terms of the height and physicality we've got in our squad, even in the forward areas, apart from the lap. Um, we don't really have them the, the, the plays in terms of height and I think you need that to sort of push on and get into the playoffs I think you need that sort of physical player in there that, that can grab the game by the scuff of the neck and you know find to tackles I think we're quite quite a, a nice team which I'd rather us be a nasty team to be honest like in terms of you know flying to tackles but yeah mm-hmm. um, I mean speaking of sort of being a nasty team I think at the moment with the way we play I mean I was joking to my friends before the match just as we'd seen in the Birmingham game the the routine we have pretty much every home game unless we score first as we did against Rotherham and Blackburn um, is we sort of start poorly the other team scores one of their only two chances just like Jukovic did and Rowe and then uh, we dominate the rest of the half um, there's a red card. There should have been against Norwich. Um, we scrape a goal on the 80th minute and then the other team dominates the rest of the 10 minutes, even though we've gone one up or, or we made it 1-1. The only difference this time being that Norwich scored before we scored. 
Um, and it's like sometimes we put on the exact same performance at home. Uh, how many times can we play like this where we dominate the ball and have all these chances but not win the game before you think, well, something has to change? I think I don't even think we create a great deal like clear cut opportunities there. Like obviously there was the sharp one, but apart from that, I, I can't really remember how many other chances we had. Like where we're in the box, we've got a good opportunity. I think there's there's times where we're on the edge of the box and we don't put a cross in or we don't go for goal. It's more like third, that, yeah, sort of third um, half sort of chances. Third third yeah. chances where you yeah. sort of enter into the box, but then they, they have the opportunity really. to score. Yeah. But they never, they never do. It's like Twine, like, and I thought he had quite a good game, like cutting in. And he had that chance in the first half where he cut in and had a shot. And it, it's one of them where it goes agonizingly wide of the post. Um, but yeah, it's, it's quite frustrating. Like, I think I was quite disappointed that we took Luke Twine off, to be fair. Yeah. I'd have took Tofan off and moved Twine. I'd have took Tofan off and moved Twine into the tent. Hmm. And I'd have brought someone more effective than Jason Lakilo for Twine if we're going to yeah. bring go on, go and have a rant, show. Have a rant. I just think, <laughs> I just think I'm with you. I'm, I'm we, with you. I'll, I, I'll, I put uh, put Lakilo on a transfer list and I'll drive him to wherever you want him to go to. <laughs> oh, to Istanbul. He's the worst. Oh, I'll drive him. I'll drive him for free. He doesn't even have to pay me. I, how he classes himself as a winger is uh, I, he don't even beat a man see when he's we first well, man, he's the most predictable footballer ever you, every time he gets the ball gets it gets on his left foot chops back passes it back or just loses the ball like he did countless times against Norwich when so, you get in like when I first watched him against like Doncaster and in games like that and you know you, you, you first see him get the ball at his feet and you think all right, he's, he might have something about him here because his close control is quite good. His first touch is quite decent. But then it becomes then it gets to putting a cross in or trying to get a shot off or beating a man, and it just doesn't happen. Hmm. It, I, I, don't, I honestly don't think I've seen him beat a man once this season in the 18, 19 games he's played. Hmm. I, mean, I saw him, uh, I mean, him against Birmingham, he was on for 70 minutes and 20 minutes against Norwich, saw both games and he didn't, I think he tried to beat his man like three times in that 90 minute spell and I mean, Greaves playing at centre back, not even left back, beat his man more than the kilo did in the last two games combined and the first thing Vaughan did, he didn't get past his man, but the first thing Vaughan did, like the first touch after coming off the bench was kick the ball Pass the fullback and try and beat him. Whereas Lakilo, it just too scared to even try. And I think his confidence is completely gone. And he wouldn't have been think, that good a player to begin. I look at this. I look at the signing there. Like, and at the time you're thinking, uh, perhaps it's a, a risk that could pay off. I mean, it won't be a risk because I think we signed him on a free transfer anyway. Always a non- nominal fee. But yeah. you look at his career so far. I think he got released by Doncaster, having played like one or two games or something. And then he went to I think Belgium. Did okay, I think, and then obviously he's come here, but it's not a signing that makes you excited, and and it's the fact that obviously with injuries, having to rely on him coming off the bench as well as Vaughan as well, you know. It's and whereas obviously Norwich can bring like Onal and Anders off the bench, who I would happily take at City, like far better player. It's just obviously the, the position we find ourselves in with injuries, like we're having to rely on these players, and they're not good enough, Ali, if we wanting to get playoffs. If we're being brutally honest, and obviously the Keeler has been a 
bit of a disaster signing, really, and you know, it's, it's just frustrating. And then Alayar's going to go out on loan, isn't he? We're going to move Cynic on as well, so we definitely yeah. at least two. two. Yeah. We need to at least one in in the two weeks that are left. Scott Twine, Scott Twine could be leaving as well. If um, I saw that news, I don't know if it, how true it is, but if Burnley call him back, I think Bristol City want him because he'd be working under his manager that he worked with at uh, MK Dons, obviously Liam Manning, so. That's, there's a possibility that he could leave, but I doubt Rossini would sanction that. And well, I don't feel I don't know if I had a choice if uh, Burnley obviously recall him, but I think they only have like 24 hours to do it anyway. So yeah, but again, he's not like a natural winger as well. Like you associate him with like a number 10 sort of second striker that sort of plays just behind a striker, and um, he's having to play all on the left, and he's not really got the pace to beat a man. He's technically decent, but. I think obviously that's where we're missing Philogene, someone that can take a man on and individual. I think we've relied on individual displays a lot this season, like Philogene and Delap, and now they're out the team. There's no, not really anyone else in the team that can produce that magic, and and that's where we're uh, struggling really. Because I think obviously remember the Birmingham game away, not playing particularly well, and then obviously Philogene comes up with that moment of brilliance, and then it changes out the complexion completely. Obviously against Preston, he scores that wonderful solo goal as well, so. You know, it's been a huge miss, and but you can't just sort of rely off one player. It's got to be a squad, and unfortunately, some of our players are letting us down. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, um, I, think, I think I think I think more than a few is letting us down. To be fair, yeah, they are. Yeah. I it think has if... all been a really really positive season, hasn't it? But I, now we're in this, we're stuck in this bit of a rut where we've won what is it once in five, once in six. And once in five, yeah, and the the injuries are piling up, and we can still, you know, ha- dominate games like we did against Norwich, like we did against Birmingham after they'd scored. But then it's finishing chances off, and that's what we're missing without the lap on the pitch. And then I think I, I was looking at the game whilst I was watching. I thought this game would be different with the lap. Because he's like, and with Connolly as well. To be fair, because for as good a as good a poacher as Billy Jack might turn out to be for us, he's not overly tall. He's not overly quick. Oh, yeah. He's not, yeah. he he's not have been fully fit. He's not physical enough, and the thing you wouldn't have expected to have to call upon Billy Sharp to play 85, 80 minutes or whatever it was. And Connolly. different type of striker as well, like the, the what we used to, like we're used to that fluid striker where peels off into wide areas. Like Connolly loves to drift out to the left flank and pick up the ball and, uh, and cause defense problems. He ain't got the pace to get behind, he ain't got the pace or the strength to hold off a man. He's just a percher in a box. Obviously, like I said, his chance that he had that he didn't take, and I know you can't like scrutinize the striker missing one chance, but yeah, it's just that, that's what he's been brought in to take, if you know what I mean, like them chances. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the whole point he's been brought in for was, I feel like, to support and nurture Delap and Connolly, these young strikers. But that doesn't really work if those two aren't on the pitch or aren't fit. And I'm not fully sure Connolly will be able to play against Sunderland. I'm not sure what the concussion protocols are. I think um, you're right for Sunderland, but not for Birmingham. Yeah, definitely not. Um, I mean, this is the, definitely one of the worst weeks injury-wise where we wouldn't want a, a replay, an epic replay 
we were you know dreading it last week dreading it even more now that i mean it'll be a good opportunity for an academy player to play up front because i'm sure billy sharper 37 is not going to start three games in a week because i assume he'd play give that lads uh, give that uh, give that young lad sellers a go well it, it will if it's going to be an academy lad it's going to have to be sellers Fleming because sandat and sims have just gone out on loan and got out on loan they as well as Ronnie Kelly's playing at the minute for the 18s, he's not just going to throw Ronnie Kelly in. No, it'll be Fleming because he's played twice already, hasn't he? So, by the way, I, I just play. I used to do what we did last season for a two fan up there, just a two fan as a striker. number tens, to be fair. Yes. Mm. So, well, try. Well, I'd say I saw. Like, obviously, towards the end last season, try having two fan looks decent up front. If we're being honest, then. I'd throw one of them up there. I mean, maybe two fan. Is he's actually? Yeah, so I, th- I think two fan wants to be a number nine at the minute for some reason. He's, he's got. He's, the thing is, the two fan. Like when he gets a chance, he, he normally finishes it. Like when he gets in front of goal, like he's so composed and he's, he's a great finisher of the ball. So I'd back him to play a striker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he can do that. I mean, mind you, he scored two goals uh, as a striker at Sunderland last year. So. Exactly, yeah. Maybe it'll work. work in our favour, like yeah. we're sort of him dropping off. Maybe. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Duffy we're seeing you obviously pushing the wingers in behind and, well, I don't, we don't have any wingers, but whoever plays on the, whoever plays on the flank, you know. <laughs> Uh, well, we did sign Fabio Carvalho in midweek, which I think is a fantastic signing. Glimpses, we saw glimpses of his quality, maybe no end product, but no one really had any end product. And that was his first game. And I think, you know, usually we sort of bed in signings quite slowly, but for Legion and Carvalho, when we sign them, Twine, they come straight into the starting 11. So what did we make of Carvalho's debut? Obviously not amazing, but hopefully signs of something to come. Yeah, I think with Carvalho, he likes to sort of feed off strikers and at the minute we don't really have a, like a proper striker that he can feed off and but obviously we saw a really good glimpse of his like his dribbling ability, like he's great at taking the ball in tight areas and manipulating the ball as well, like as a number 10 um, and, and he's going to be a good asset for us, like obviously once we've got our point, most of our squad fully fit um, but yeah, we did see glimpses and you know I, I like the look of him, like he's, he's definitely what we need in, in that number 10 um, he's nimble. He's got great footwork, so hopefully he can be a success. Can you believe we signed another another number ten there? Mm-hmm. Oh, no, yeah. So many of them. Yeah, I Crazy, think we it? need a winger, and if Twine left, Carvalho should be an upgrade. Um, but yeah, it's 
it's a bit strange that we sort of prioritize. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, a, I'm just hoping this keeper comes in. Like, he were, he, he was at the game the other day. Yeah. I'd like to just complain for sort of twenty seconds. A lot of our fans are very. I mean, I'm impatient, but I'm not impatient when. I mean, Panda has actually been, you know, photographed at the match on Friday. People are saying, what's happened with the Panda deal? The last time we signed someone on a weekend was like 1930. Um, we never announced players on the weekend. Is, so is, that, is, that, is, that, uh, is that true? No. No, the last time we signed a player, I think <laughs> Philogene counts because uh, it was deadline day, but, you know, that's sort of different. But, um, you know, the, the poor social media people aren't going to go and... Uh, this, work on a weekend i said this earlier in the, the match. window as like because we've got so many games this month we've got a game every week and then this week we've got two if a deal is done it will be announced as soon as it is done so that they can play in the game that's so it's not like the summer where it's pre-season so there's a week between the game they can just sit on it for a week this is this is proper competitive action. So we, as soon as it's done, it will get announced. There's no need to do all the like hashtag announce Carvalho, admin announce whoever. Once well, there never it, is. Yeah, once there's never any need. But I it's can. Fun. It, it is it's funny. But they, as soon as a deal is done in this window, it's gonna get announced just because of the way the games are structured. So it's the 14th of January and we've still not been officially linked to a defender. I'm sure we are. I mean, we are after a left back, I think, um, maybe a right back. Uh, but um, that, I think, now that we've got Carvalho in, who can play on the wing, um, and then hopefully the goalkeeper, I think that's really the next priority. Um, and I think we might have to be patient for Benson or Zaruri from Burnley, possibly. Um, give me 30 seconds and I will find the name of one player that maybe or maybe not that we're in for. Uh, is it a left back? Kane Kessler Hayden, who is a right wing back who was at Plymouth. Um, I saw a tweet that he'd been recalled by Aston Villa. We have a pretty good relationship with Aston Villa. The Villa journalist said that it's quite likely that he'll be sold with a buyback clause, just like for the gene. So you might sign him, but it's pretty worrying that we haven't really, that there doesn't seem to be a lot of buzz around signing a fullback, whereas there was for goalkeepers. So, um, are, are there any names anyone would like to throw out? I've seen Luke Thomas linked a lot. Uh, yeah, Luke, yeah. Luke Thomas, I'd 100% say Luke Thomas, but I don't think I would get him. Obviously, he's on loan in the Premier League. Um, Leicester recalled him. Well, no, he got well, he got uh, sent back by Sheffield United um, when Chris Wilder came in. But he's like an attacking left back, um, and he's obviously similar in the mode of Anagra, really, where he, he likes to get forward. So I won't be against that. But also in terms of defensively, like, we need someone that's strong because you know we've had obviously problems all season with all our left left back and right back um, struggling in one v ones. I guess like. Louis Cole's decent, but like I said, he's not the guy to take us forward and on the left with Hatswell and like Greaves to play there when you'd rather him, have him centrally. So, yeah. I see. I, I think Louis Coyle's had a good season this year. Um, I thought I thought he last year season, he yeah. was a bit. 
I, I thought last year was in, a bit in in and out, hit and miss with uh, with his form. But I think this year, I think he's up there for one of uh, one of the right backs of the season. To be fair, um, so I think this season, I think he's I think he's the man to go forward for the right back. Um, I think we definitely need a left back, and if if we've signed Carvalho to play as a number ten, I think we need another winger, and I think we need to go try and find the goal scorer from somewhere. Um, I, I so just I, I don't I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it 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 could turn into another shot of transfer window. Do you just do you panic buy and bring players in, or do you try and bring the right players in? But who are the right players going to be? The disrespect yeah. to Ian Walsh, they're calling him a panic buy. Unbelievable. Hmm. When he hit Walsh. the post against us and thought, shot a thought, oh, I'll have him. Shot a thought he can take yeah, a well, free that's kick. Saying it. I know what Shocking. I'll do is I'll, I'll sign 25 attacking players and can only play 10. You know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we are. So, like I said, we are like sort of suffering for our sort of poor transfer window if we're being honest like obviously Martin Delap have been brilliant but aside from that we've we've not yeah. really strengthened in the areas we've needed like obviously it was um there was that Cox that was going to bring in a left back instead we get James Fairlong he's not he's not played um obviously that's a bit of Greaves there Vinagra's been injured so that area is just really really plagued us all season and it, we have to resolve it this month if we want to get playoffs in my in my opinion anyway yeah. Uh, anyone else have anything to mention about the Norwich game or should we just sort of talk about how we're going to approach the cup, which, I mean, I've written here controversially, throw the cup, question mark? I agree. Final thing from the Norwich game, I saw a debate on Twitter yesterday. Should Allsop have done better with the first goal? What do we think? I think it's I think it's just up for debate. It's it's a P roller, no, but it, no. it's it's but the se- but it. the second goal, the second goal, it was in no man's land. It was keeper's ball all day long. The second goal. If yeah. you look at the area it got put into, there's a big massive gap where he should have been coming out to claim that ball in that second. Do you know the header? It, it, it should have been straight out in that gap. It shouldn't have even reached the back post. Um, keeper's ball all day long, and then. Everyone flooded for the fire exits. You know that, and that was it. That was, uh, and uh, that sounds like what Yule Free did at the back of the net, and Yule Free was straight out. No, I um, stayed. I stayed. I stayed. Saw the. Just these two then, R- running, running for the fire o'clock, exits, beating I've traffic never home and all that. Yeah, I've never left a game early before. I've only left because of, it was like 10 o'clock. I left the, so far I left the Sheffield Wednesday game on like the 60th minute because I had to catch a tram. Otherwise, it was an hour walk. So it was a good excuse for that. And loads of City <laughs> fans left me all. It was pissing it down. So I was like, I'm leaving. Oh, for some reason, I thought you meant the one we were winning 4 2 at the start what? of the season. No, of course. No, the, no, no. The, yeah, yeah. The recent New Year's Day when I think went 2 0 down. No, 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 no trams in all. No trams in all. No. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Well said. Um, so James has commented here recruitment has overall be, been poor since the takeover. I mean, that first window, uh, which eh? is panic buys, I think because we've signed so many players, I mean, a lot of them have been really good. That there have been some really yeah. good signings. 
and some of them have been dreadful. I think because we've signed so many, there are definitely going to be some bad players in there and some good players in there. I think generally, though, it's very difficult because to compete with, I think we've done well to compete with with the transfers that the teams coming down from Premier League has made because a lot of them have been very good. So I'm not sure it's been poor. Some of them have been, but I'm not sure I'd put that. I think that's a bit of a See, see for me, that, that first transfer window, that first transfer window with Adjun as uh, um, the chairman, I think was a sign of, I'm not the Allens. I'm not. I'm not scared to spend my cash. This is what I'm prepared to do. I'm prepared to uh, go out and buy the players that just flex money. You're just flex. I mean, in terms of the signs like Christie, Sterling, very good that team. Um. So yes, there was a couple of good buys in there, and a cut, and a, yeah, that that was it. It was show, showing what he could do, wasn't he? It was show, that's exactly what he done. He was showing what he could do. Like I, I'll go sign these players in Turkey, and we've never heard of them before. But I think I think I think Rosinha needs another free transfer windows before we can think about Premier League and playoffs. I know we're only a point off the playoffs, and it sounds amazing. And everyone's expectation now is to get in the playoffs and do this and do that. But with Villagin getting injured, delaps out till the playoffs. You know he's out for three months. If he get if he needs surgery on his knee, then he's out. His his campaign's done. Con Connolly, if he gets stamped on his toe, he goes down, and he he's now concussed for a week. You know, uh, for for from uh, we've miss we're, we're missing Seri. Um, I see a lot of people slating Seri. Um, and it, it, it just shows you how much of a little gen. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Um, I, I don't get how you can rate him. He's a he's a right little general in there. Of us, like he always picks it. Sometimes he might pick the wrong pass, but it's always the right pass if it gets there. Hmm. Um, he's what he's the one that splits, splits the I, I midfield. Think it, yeah, well, he's the one who finds it, who gets the ball and finds the wings instantly. And it, it, he just says, Attack, attack, I'll sit, I'll sit, you'll go. If, if we get right broke, I'm here, I'll cover. Morton's really good on the ball, but he's not. He's not as, as command in terms of, uh, you know, he sort of, obviously, when Seri's in the team, he, he get, fetches the ball off the defence and sort of commands it in there. Whereas Morton, obviously, he's more of the energetic sort of one next to him. And obviously, yeah, yeah. Like a ping of ball, as we've seen. But I think Seri, we're missing Seri's sort of experience in there as well. Like, um, But yeah, his ability to find, the, find them passes. Yeah. So yes, he often gets caught on the ball in, in obviously, dangerous areas. But you expect that in terms of, the, the, obviously, the, the system we play, the style. That we are going to get caught sometimes in these areas, and and uh, yeah, but obviously Seri Morden makes up for that when when he's picking them balls. Mm-hmm. Well, on a slightly more positive note, I'd like to comment or say that Ian's commented that he loved the rendition of either Tiger, um, under the lights with sort of you know light show. That was yeah. a nice remix. If anyone wants to know what that was, it was by uh, I've already forgotten Joseph. William Morgan. I've listened to that. So it was nice music before the horror show of the match started. Um, so, yeah, the cup. I mean, I was up for a cup run. I was looking forward to that. You know, beat Birmingham at home, get, get get made stone. That'd be fun. But no, we're uh, playing Birmingham twice. And then the next match would be against Leicester away from home. 
course, we are one of the few teams to have beaten Leicester, especially at home this season. But I think, to be honest, I'd like the team to have that weekend against Leicester off to recuperate and not get slaughtered 5-0. So I just, I wouldn't, you know, you can't, you actually can't throw a game, but I would let some of the academy players furlong. Scoring a couple of goals, then just forfeit the match like FIFA. I think we would get banned permanently if we did that from (laughs) every FA competition, but uh, play some of the academy players. Yeah. Yeah, it's more important. Obviously, the Sunderland match from on Friday night is massive. Like, um, but to be fair, obviously, I write about Sunderland for my job, and the the sort of the the fans are happy with Michael Beale, like the football they're playing. Obviously, they sacked Murbury when there was just on the brink of the playoffs at the Arnau, and they're the, the fans that believe that he's the obviously the right man to take him forward after links to like Will Still. These high profile managers, they're not happy already, and apparently, like watching the football has sort of drained the. The life out of the club in terms of how they feel like obviously under under Murbray they, they really liked him and and now they've sort of they feel like they've gone backwards so when you sort of hear negativity like that you think that you can sort of go there and you you, you sort of have a chance but given obviously the mini injury crisis we find ourselves in and under the poor slump in form it's still going to be a very difficult game especially when you've got you come against like the Jack Clark and you know obviously Dan Neal and you know Jeremy Bellingham are really good technical players like we saw on Boxing Day. So obviously it's going to be a tough game, but um, yeah, I, 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 I guess we can go there and hopefully get a win. But it's, it's going to be tough. I think Birmingham will probably be playing at the weekend rather than Friday. First game at home, uh, he's going to want to play a strong team, Mowbray, to understand what his team's like. We're not going to play a strong team. The only possible result I can realistically see is a. Birmingham win, uh, probably 2-0. What's uh, everyone else's prediction for the cup game? I agree, 2-0. Uh, I'll go 2-1 to Birmingham. Mm-hmm. Vaughan getting a cheeky goal, perhaps? Yeah, that'll be nice. Yeah. Paul? Um, I don't actually know, really, because I don't think Rosinha likes to lose. Um. So I, I don't think he's going to throw the cup, unfortunately. Um, I don't know what you've all just been saying because my phone thought, decided to be funny and go off. Um, but yeah, no, I've, I've got a feeling we're going to beat Birmingham at Birmingham. I, d- I don't know why. I've just got I've just got that feeling that we're going to beat it. We've, we've already done it this season. You know, we've, we've already beat him there. You know, I, I don't know. I've just got a sneaky feeling we're going to do Birmingham at Birmingham for some reason. Like, obviously, I want us to win every game we play, but I'm not sure I'll ever been so not happy to have won a game, to be honest. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not bothered about the FA Cup replay. And I'm not bothered about the FA Cup at all now. If it was a different team being with L that we'd been drawn in the next round, like, for example, Liverpool, I'd, I'd think, all right, let's go and beat Birmingham now. Let's, let's have a big day out at Anfield. But that's it, it. It's it's not. I don't care. I'm gonna go and watch the under 18 at the stadium instead in the FA Youth Cup. <laughs> yeah, so I'm gonna go watch that. Yeah. So uh, I'd like to have good, I'd like to have had a big bigger way there, but it's not, it, the prize the prize of beating Birmingham's only Leicester away, isn't it? 
you know. Mm. We've already had that. And do we want another? Do, do we want? Do we want another trip to Leicester? You know. So it's like I don't know if they play a sort of second string. Well, I say I say second string there. Second string team probably would still push for the playoffs of this in this division. To be honest, but um, yeah, they probably will play a weakened team. But like I said, they're like it's still so, going to be a really tough game. So yeah. So the game after that is seventh place Sunderland. Um, going to be a very another difficult game. They're just above us in the table. They dropped out of the playoffs, but either team will be very you know amped up for the game early in the week or in the weekend. Whoever wins will you know at least be in the playoff after the match. Uh, I mean, I worry about if it is sharp up front. Um, I think the plan wasn't to have him starting so soon and essentially starting the Norwich game with the amount of minutes he played and I wouldn't have been surprised if he'd come off after 60, 70, 80 minutes to be honest because I'm sure maximum 60 minutes was probably maybe all he could have done but um, I think it's going to be extremely tough uh, not looking forward to Jack Clark playing against us again so soon uh, again not really sure anything else. Just don't let yeah, all we've got to do all we've got to do is show Jack Clark on his left foot. Which Louis Foyle did. In then Chris the came on and let him just have the freedom of the MKM. Yeah. Like, yeah. For, just uh, Chris Christie let him cut inside for some reason. I don't, I don't uh, Jack Clark's thing is run down the winger as fast as he can, cut inside on his right foot and blast it in the bottom corner. That's Jack Clark every week. And Chris, we finally. That's why I think if he went to the obviously went to the Prem, he'd like probably struggle a bit more because he obviously not only is against obviously much better defenders, but you obviously players already know what he's going to do, so he'd have to switch up his game a little bit. I think and become a bit of a different player. But yeah. Mm. Yeah. See, I never want our our players to be injured. And Shep's put there because he's injured, so he can't. You know, do that again. I'd rather Christie was fully fit, but just not playing. You know, but uh, yeah, I guess that is a tiny silver lining. But um, you know, yeah, I don't really see anything other than um, a Sunderland win. But then again, yeah. So uh, odds on what the awful refereeing error is going to be on. You know, in the first sort of thirty minutes again, I think it could be Connolly is about a mile or Connolly. One of our players is onside, scores, given offside. I think I think that's going to happen. Uh, Joe, thoughts? Uh, I'm going. The to ref's go... going to score for Sunderland, maybe. I'm going to go for a lot of dubious fouls. So it might be sort of breathing on the opponent, for example. Uh, you know, Jacob Greaves gasping for air after a long sprint or something like that, accidentally breathes on. Bellingham and then so COVID or something. Yeah, and then and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, it's it's free kick, Greavesy in the book, that kind of thing. I think there'll be a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Tom, who the referee is actually? I'll have a look. It won't matter. They'll be. Awful. I reckon uh, Jack Clark's going to dive, and the referee's not going to see it. He's going to give a free kick, and they're going to score from it. Yeah, Paul. Man, man's going to be.
Oh, I think he's cut out. I'm sure he's whatever he was saying was brilliant. Can you hear me now? Say it again. Say it again. So my headphones are died. So I'll say it again. <laughs> the beach ball's gonna the beach ball's gonna come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then Darren Bent is gonna score as well. He's gonna no, come off. It'll be Jack Clark. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um yeah. So uh there's no combined lineup this week because I think that's just too fun a thing and I'm feeling depressed at the moment with City, so I haven't been bothered to make it. Uh, so I guess we can just launch straight into uh, our predictions. Uh, Will, I'll, I'll just I'll imitate Will for a moment as he's not on. 3-0 City. Uh, Joe, prediction? 1-1. Um, 1-1? One, one. One, one? Yeah. Blimey, really pushing the boat out there. Total optimist. Tom? I think... I think it's <clears throat> Michael Beale, Sunderland haven't been as good. I think they've got the two, two Yeah. Well, they've taken two wins from five. I know they beat us, but I'm still I still think we'll lose, to be honest. Uh one nil to Sunderland. Mm. Yeah. Paul. Uh I I don't really want to say man. I think you have to. You have to. You have to be included yeah. in the you know um, leaderboard. Oh, Neil Sunderland. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> wow. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're laughing, but I, I won't, it won't be, it won't surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. I just think we're going to have one of them days. I think we're going to be playing against 14 men. Um, and, yeah, I just, I can just see us getting absolutely annihilated in that season over for us. Let, let me just do the maths on, the on that. For, oh no, it'll be the referee, the beach ball, and Darren Bent. That's <laughs> up the yeah, time, isn't yeah. It? That, that Darren Bent's coming out of retirement to do his other. <laughs> Darren Bent, what a player! Uh, I've just remembered the, the beach ball goal now. It's just brilliant, lovely stuff. But um, yeah, would it be even better? It happened against across. Liverpool. Mm. Yeah. Uh, well, I've been predicting 5-0 City every time. I think, yeah, you know what? I mean, I can't change my mind, so I think I am going to go 5-0 to Sunderland this time. Oh. Um, and hopefully, you know, reverse psychology, uh, we might only lose 4-0. That's what I say every single time I predict us to lose. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 5-0 Sunderland, yeah. Why not? I've given up with the leaderboard. I'm below Will, who's had the same thing all season. So yeah, I've, I've, I've lost I've, all I've hope. Below, it's, uh, you know, at least you're not me. Yeah. So, um, oh, that's that's another positive thing we can mention. Harry Wood, a minute into his Grimsby debut on loan, yes. scored equaliser. Great goal Rocking and a five-all draw for Grimsby. So, yeah. recall him. <laughs> what a goal that was. Cracking, um, cracking slip pulled off as a getting down on the floor to do the worm as a celebration as well. That was yeah. class. Great celebration. I saw it come up on uh, on Soccer Saturday. And yeah, as good as that Felipe. I went, I went absolutely wild. So Harry's Wood, Harry Wood's name pop up, and I, I was, I was very pleased, very pleased. Hmm. 
James has just commented in, this episode has made me want to go cry in a corner. And I, I hope I hope you feel the same uh, happy to every use. episode. That's that's the idea. So <laughs> uh, at least we haven't I don't think we've told anyone to commit crimes on this podcast. Yeah, so. yeah the last outro was Quite because you said in the chat about I said I wasn't there for the episode, but you said in the chat about uh, still recovering from the last time I think it was Joe said he's still recovering. So I had to watch the last 10 minutes. I was thinking, what is going on here? Why it just turned into like this one football no more? It was just one about crimes advocating for shoplifting. Yeah, Uh, Paul, what's your favorite crime? (laughs) My favorite crime, wow, yeah, yeah. Wow, um, there could be a few. <laughs> oh, that's you, that uh, might be the worst possible answer you could give. One's not enough for Paul. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, it's got to be got go home in it. Do you know what I mean? Um, wow. Oh, that, crap. you don't have to pick one. You don't have to pick one. Are you sure? Uh, I'm. I'm thinking, I'll, 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 I'll just get. Paul's get, get I'll get the list out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. We should make this um we should make this uh a regular like segment. What just a question for every single guest? What's your yeah, favorite what's crime? What's your favorite crime? Yeah. If you could commit any crime, which crime would you commit? Yeah. I am answering first. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. Well, before we talk about crime more than we already have i reckon time to wrap this up but uh paul thank you very much for coming on uh apologies for your technical difficulties oh don't i've I've had a right back oh my earphones are gone and everything i've got my kids look at them look at them viewers gone and got my kids earphones on they don't even get they don't even get onto my ears (laughs) i'm glad it's taking the attention away from my my fumbles though so you're welcome it's what i'm here for Thank you. And uh, Tom and Joe, exceptional work as always. And thanks to everyone who's commented, liked, hit that subscribe button on YouTube or wherever you're listening or watching from. And we'll be back next week after uh, 5-0 defeat at Birmingham and 5-0 defeat at Sunday. Four. Four. Four for both. Yay. Up the Tigers. Up the Tigers. ta everyone. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80 percent less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up Quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's Quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.